The future is now. Finding the NOSO has never been easier. Subscribe to us on our new YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, and bookmark the new home for No Holds Barred, The Jenny Position, Wrestling War Zone, and all your favorite NOSO podcasts at NorthSouthConnection.com. It's New Year, New NOSO, NorthSouthConnection.com. Once upon a time, two men decided if they were making the cut. Then they made the cut. And now JT and Aaron are talking everything from wrestling to pop culture and beyond. Because it's no holds barred. Will you back down turn and run? Or stand up with the best? No holes barred. I don't want to look at you, so I'm just going to do this. Fine. You don't want to hear me either. You mute me while I'm singing the song. There we are. You mute yourself, jerk. When are you going to stop liking the Yankees? It's enough. Welcome to No Holes Barred, JT and Aaron. If you're listening, welcome in. If you're watching, hi. You can see us. A lot of our podcasts are on YouTube as well. So if you are watching, thank you very much. You can subscribe right in the button below. Like this video. Leave a comment as well. Why not? We are here every Saturday on No Holds Barred. Twice a month, we're doing drafts with our friends. And the other two weekends a month, which is this one right here, mm-hmm. we're going through every WWE world title change in history and ranking them. Uh, tonight, we're going to be watching the main event from Breakdown 1998, Steve Austin versus The Undertaker versus Such Kane. a good main event. Such a good main event. Classic. Mm-hmm. Um, but that said, Aaron, uh, we do grade this in a bunch of categories. Do you want to go over those categories? Sure, I would love to. So our categories are the match quality, the significance, the moment, the build, and aftermath. So... Five categories where we each give a score out of 10, gives us a nice round score out of 100, and uh, nice and simple to follow, nothing complicated here. Now, just to give you guys some uh, context, as it stands mm-hmm. right now, the number one show has, uh, excuse me, the number one title change has 94 um, points out of a yep. possible 100. The 10th best show has 67, and the worst show has 16. Okay, so quite the spread, yeah. uh, for sure. But I think it'll be interesting. This was, uh, you know, the ones that do well for us have a lot of the ancillary things about it, right? Like just being a great match doesn't necessarily no. carry a ton of weight for us. It's moment, uh, it's importance, it's aftermath, it's to what, you know, all that stuff is like really what drives these. So we're seeing that really come into play here in 97, 98, when everything meant so much more and the, and the writing was more sharp and the crowd was hotter. Um, and the storytelling was just stronger. Right. I and mean, we had like three straight that finished at the, near the top. <laughs> like yeah. Summer 797, Safari Series 97, and, and uh, WrestleMania 14 all, you know, crushed it. So it's like now, those are all ones during the hottest period. It's not a surprise. And it's very possible it's our bias also. Maybe. Very possible, right? Maybe. But, I, you know, like some of the things that are voted high are not my personal right. favorites, right? Yeah. Like you can think Hogan Warrior would be up there. 
Right. And it's not. No, I think it we've is. been pretty balanced on these. Yeah. All right. So uh, I am watching on Peacock. I am queued up at 2.12.07 if anyone wants to watch along with us. And I'm going to count us in in three, two, one, go. All right. So Kane's about to enter. And we've talked about Kane a lot uh, so far, right? Because we, we had two matches with him in Austin. But it's crazy how quickly established he is as just a top guy by this point. I mean, he had just debuted uh, a little under a year, just shy of a year earlier. He didn't really yeah. start wrestling until WrestleMania. I mean, he had the match with Mankind at Survivor Series. But beyond that, I don't know if he has any other matches. Oh, he fights Vader in No Way Out, right? Right. Now, I will say, at the time, I remember still thinking he was lesser than. Yeah. But it's it's just, I think it's really just because of who he's in the ring with. Right. And but they see the- him at this, at this level. I mean, if you yeah. look at his trajectory from Mania, which is really ostensibly where his career starts, because after Mania, he's a character that wrestles way more often. So in Mania, he's in the... In the um, semi-main with Undertaker. In April, he has the Inferno match with Undertaker again, semi-main. May, he fit, he destroys Vader. Vader goes to the point he calls himself a fat piece of shit because yep. he gets beat so bad. June, he's winning the world title. July, he's in the main event with Mankind. Uh, in August, he wins the tag titles on his own and kicks a shit out of his own partner and then also comes out during the main event. And, and now he's in the like world the title. He's like the most over-tag team of yeah, all time. Almost, on his own, right? I mean, it is like an insane push to this point, and they really went in hard on it. I mean, to this point where he's, you know, in there with the two biggest stars in the company at this point. I guess it's funny because you always hear the rumors of him being brought in as like a short-term thing, right? It was supposed to be May. I mean, if you believe what they've said is that the original plan was just to kind of come into Mania, Taker beats him, and he's gone. Almost like a fake Undertaker type deal. Yeah, but instead he's there 30 years. <laughs> too, too long. Um, but during this initial stretch, he's great. I mean, you know, in the ring, it's kind of whatever, but as a character and the presence and all that, like he was super over, I mean, everyone was pretty much during this time, but, um, I mean, he was made for this era of the hard, heavy rock entrance, the pyro. Yeah. The the vibe. Uh, we get a robeless undertaker coming out Mm -hmm. and, uh, this by far is my favorite undertaker music. It's the Ministry yes. of Darkness one with the beat. I think it might that might it might be my favorite entrance song of all time. Like well, you I might have already uh, heard our takes on that on a previous draft episode. If that's you've true. Been listening in order, uh, you would have heard that probably. But so did Undertaker um, just not wear the robe so that Austin could come out and start attacking him? Probably, but he's just down to business, you know. Yeah, I love um, Austin's urgency. Like he knows that, like he well, knows stacked big time. Yeah, that he has to do this. I mean, Taker and Kane are known cahoots, known cahooting at this point, mm-hmm. um, working for Vince, basically. So this is, for all intents and purposes, a handicap match coming in. Well, because they um, can't pin each other. Right. Yeah. So so I, when we did our WrestleMania episode, we talked a lot about how like stuff's always the same now. Mm-hmm. This is such a beautiful example of what small changes, right, that yeah. like make all the difference. Like Austin doesn't come out and stand on the corners because the situation right. is different. Yeah. And every month felt like a different situation. I, I I don't want to blame that on any wrestler right now, but like, like this was a story that was continually evolving instead yeah. of just a story that happens every week. Right. And even the little stuff like that stip you mentioned, like 
that's such a little attention to detail that Taker and Kane can't pin each other. Yeah. They can only pin Austin, right? So it really is going to be just like a bloodbath on Austin. And that's Vince's whole goal. Like, he really doesn't give a shit about Undertaker or Kane. He's using them nope. as instruments of destruction. Um, and Taker has become so obsessed with getting his belt back after having it the year before that he's aligned with Vince now at this point. Yeah. Uh, as Austin has become the top dog. I mean, there's really... I guess, like, is this one of the rare times they don't really have like a one B face right now for this month or so? I think it we kind of get there, but well, this month it's kind of rock, right? Because he's he's turning around this time. Yeah, but he's not really like. I mean, like DX, I guess, as an entity is probably the second because mankind's not really there yet fully. Um, Shamrock, they're trying. Know, that's what I'm saying. There's like no real strong. Yeah. 1B right now because Taker was that 1B for most of the year under Austin, but now right. that he's turned. Um, but I mean, it's it's like there's enough over people on the roster that it doesn't matter though. Oh yeah, I'm just saying like from a top dog standpoint, and it shows. I'm just like thinking of it as like a comparison to say like 01, right? Um, where you have the same guys, or it's Austin, Triple H, Taker, and Kane, and kind of the anger at that time that ended up did lead to some dip in the ratings etc where folks wanted benoit and jericho and others to be elevated and we had multiple months of kane and a taker right back on the title picture right. um but at this point like there really isn't anyone else to take that leap but they're also still super over like that hadn't worn out the welcome yet these guys are being top guys but well, it goes to show a little bit of, of the staleness that you know two and a half years later they're still going back to that same dynamic we forget how much of a transition period this is too, right? Like based on what it's coming out of, we've just not just, but in this like six month stretch that we've just kind of been talking about, we lose Michaels, right? right. We kind of lose Vader. Who's been a mm -hmm. focus on TV for a while. We kind of lose gold dust. Who's been a focus. Yeah. Like they're, they're really shifting away from, from all these different aspects. So like, yeah, yeah like it, it's almost like a rebuilding phase, but you have two or three superstars. Yeah, and and I'm not sure I discount what DX was. I mean, they were super over too. They got really hot when they turned over the summer. So, again, I would say they're one B as a group. I don't think any one of them in particular stands out. Um, on top, I mean Triple H, I guess is IC champion, so it's probably him. But but he's I'd not a main event one B. No, the way no. the way um, the Rock is one B, right. like next year. Yeah, you know, yeah, which they is don't crazy. have that right now. And I'm trying to think of when it gets filled. I guess when it's mankind. Yeah, Mankind fully goes face at the end yeah. of the year. So they kind of have that void throughout the fall. And yeah. the fall is is a little dip. I mean, a little bit. I mean, everything's still pretty hot in the build-up to 15. But I do think there is a dip there where it's probably the most defined main event versus upper to mid-card tranche they have during this hot streak. I think once we get into 99, 2000, that is like tightened up where you have a bunch of guys that are in that group. Yeah. And I think you have that in 97 into 98 as well, where you did have Sean, you had Sid, you had Brett, you know, you had all these guys. Yeah. I think, I think this void with Sean getting hurt um, and take returning kind of opens itself to where it's probably the one stretch they have during this whole thing where it's. Well, when we talked, it. when we talked about um, Undertaker and Sid or Sid Michaels, we mentioned that like everything was so wide open, right? But yeah. but but none of those guys are there anymore. No, they're all gone. Brett's gone, Sid's gone, Sean's gone. That's yeah. like your main event for the last year and a half. Yeah, you have Austin, Austin and Taker, you know, still yeah. standing, but and Vader, Vader's fighting. ostensibly gone. I mean, he was in the yeah. mix too. But that's so right. it's really just Austin fighting for his life here. I mean, that's 
the crux yeah. of this. He's just going all out. Um, I will say, I, despite the lack of mega stars like outside of Austin and and I guess you know Taker on the hillside, the TV is in such a groove at this point. Yeah. Um, that it didn't matter. So the fall is really carried by the weekly TV and the Austin McMahon storyline because it's the birth of the corporation. It's all, it's McMahon in a wheelchair. Um, it's the Zamboni, it's the Chevy or the Chevy the Corvette. Um, it's uh Yerpel. you know, it's like all Mr. Sacco. Well, like that's all this week after week, after week, after week, yeah. is all that stuff. And we're going to talk about this in a bit, but that's all after this. Yeah. I, it's, it's weird because you don't think of, you don't think of that as like a September to October. Right, but that's when it all happens. Yeah. I would probably argue that's probably the best. That might be the best stretch of Raw ever. The only thing I could think is probably close would be like the peak of the Har Foundation. Yeah, like maybe like King of the Ring to, or maybe Canadian Stampede to SummerSlam. I guess maybe that's like the stretch, probably the hottest stretch during yeah, that run. I, I guess the only thing you're you don't have there, I guess the Brawl for All is happening now, eh? Yeah, that's happened already. Yeah, yeah, that happened over the summer. Yeah. But you yeah, do have some that. junk on here. Like I think you probably just haven't watched it close enough to like remember. Oh yeah, it, you know. I'm not. I, I wouldn't argue that like the match quality is there, yeah. but every match has a story. Yeah. Right. And every story is connected to another story in some way. Yeah. I would say those are close. Those are the two close stretches. I would say. I, I do think that the peak of the Har Foundation angle with Austin, um, and I think it's then. I think it's going into SummerSlam before he gets hurt. Uh, right. Coming off a of stampede like that show is so hot. Like that month is is awesome yeah like look at look at the this card owen hart against edge who cares right. um al snow is on the card that's a, that's no good mark marrow fights draws bradshaw yeah. fights vader and beats him in a false count anywhere match d'lo brown beats gangrel and then you get the cage match right before this with the rock see that's that's what they're banking on the rock shamrock and mankind right you can yeah. see that's the plan i'm curious because you know there's kind of this void of babyface right I wonder how much of that plays into the fact that Rocky Maivia failed as a babyface. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they would have seen him at this level that quickly, though. Uh, maybe I don't though. Know. I guess it would have been two years in. So yeah. Well, and and, and they're like, especially with the void, right? With right. Brett leaving and Sean leaving, there's a massive vacuum, right? Yeah. Um, this well, is the just... Taker turn really exposed it. But but what yeah. more could you do with him as a face? Like they kind of he had his big title run in '97, mm -hmm. and he fought Austin already. He's been alongside Austin all summer, so like he, it was kind of a natural decision to turn him. Uh, it's just they were slow burning the mankind stuff, so like it wasn't like usually when they flip a guy, they flip another one with him. And I guess yeah. Rock kind of fills that, shoots that gap a little bit, um, yeah. to, until mankind's ready, but. Like to your point, because it's not really this show as much as Judgment Day in October when Judgment Rock is like super over at that yeah. show. Well, he's super over in the And he loses match. to Mark Henry. Yeah. yeah, I know. And then Mark Henry's not in the tournament for some reason. Yeah, I don't I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't make any the sense. Yeah, no, the the cage match is great too. Um and Shamrock is always way over as well, but I think they wanted him to be the destroyer in the corporation, so they turn him heel. Again. But I mean, you could make the argument though too that when your baby face is as hot as Steve Austin, yeah, you don't really need you a... don't need it. Like I mean, Hogan didn't need a top second baby face. Yeah, but he had Savage for most of you know. Well, eighty seven, starting in eighty seven, yeah. right? And and it made the product better, but you didn't need it. I mean, eighty five was huge. And who's the second baby face? It's Andre or JYD. Right? Yeah, I mean, Andre's a pretty big deal, but yeah, sure, but. He's not the same as like Undertaker here. You know what right. I mean? Who's involved in the title picture. The yeah. only way you keep Undertaker uh, f face here is if you pair him off with another monster or something. 
Yeah, and I, I mean, he's already done Mankind. That's been beaten to death. And um, you know, I could do. You know, you've already done Kane now multiple times. Vader's pretty much washed. So, like, yeah, who who's out there for him to deal with? Yeah, like you'd almost have to get him involved with a group. Like DX. Yeah, but we already the did nation. that kind of too. We already did and DX. We did yeah, and we did the nation too. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> right, a little bit. Yeah. Where the fuck is Ahmed Johnson? There's another failure that could have uh, filled. That yeah, gap. I mean that's. I know you're kind of saying it in a joking way, but that's like a big one yeah. for sure that they could have had. I mean, I think they were really banking on him. Chad and I've been covering that wrestling war zone uh, every other Monday. Here we're going through the Monday Night Wars, like off a cliff for him. I mean, he was looking awesome at King of the Ring and all that, and then and the Battle I mean, Royal. Yeah, he said, yeah, he said to have that match with Sean. Um, you could tell they had big ideas for him, and that that definitely hurt. Well, then he gets hurt, and it's almost like he comes back lazy. Yeah, or. It's either he's lazy. He's just banged up. I think, and I think he's yeah. just banged up, and he gets hesitant. Yeah, and they get hesitant. Yeah, because they're like, "Oh no, we don't want to put an investment in this." Um, this match has just kind of been brawling throughout. Yeah. It's been kind of nothing. They're basically taking turns punching him. No real drama. Austin just flipped off the Stooges. There's a great. There's some great dialogue where um, they're talking about not calling Patterson and Briscoe uh, Stooges. And <laughs> as much as like. King is King or whatever. I mean, this is his best stretch because it's really like he's dialed in him and Ross have a good rapport, but he's also like pre puppies that comes more like 99. Um, So he started here. Yeah, I know, but it's not as like over the top. I feel like until right, right into early 99 is when it really like becomes a fucking thing with the crowd, you know, like everything's puppies and all that. But I feel like 98, he's like out of the jokey yuck, yuck with Vince on raw phase too. Yeah. Um, so I just think he's really, like him and Ross in 98 are really in a groove and I'm not even like a super fan of either guy, but I think this yeah. is like their best work, Austin but I'll take has, like Ross and Heyman and one over this. Although. Oh yeah. Has Austin ever hit the pile driver on the floor that he keeps no. trying and everything no. that is that like his Ric Flair going to the top rope move? Yep. yep. Where, like, you never know though. That could be the one you never know when the one would happen. Yeah. You know, I remember in like 2006, he hits it and the place goes insane. Um, I, I do think now, do you think the, as much as I like the storyline of Undertaker and Kane not being able to pin each other, do you feel it hurts the match because it just forces everybody to keep pairing off? Yeah. But again, that's why it's, it's more like a handicap match than, uh, yeah. I guess if you look at it that way, it is kind of is what it is because they you know are mainly working together. Uh, I miss, I don't know why they dip slaughter out of the Stooges event. Like <laughs> I kind of like the three, like the three Stooges, you know, that yeah. fits and slaughters like brings a little more recent activity to the, the table. Yeah. So if they needed a guy who could do a little bit more. Um, I love that Austin just ran over and beat the shit out of Gerald Briscoe <laughs> for no reason. Slaughter's got a laughing. Yeah. Patterson's just standing there doing nothing. Not, they're not helping him at all. Do you all think, do you think they saw Slaughter as like too legit? Like whereas Patterson and Briscoe hadn't really been on recently. and could be portrayed more as old goofs. Whereas like Slaughter was kind of, yeah. Yes. More recently, like kind of a badass. I mean, I'm just on the commissioner stuff and fought Triple H and all that. And I'm curious if Slaughter didn't want to show ass the way that like Patterson that could and be too. did. Yeah. Like, I could see him being like, "Well, no, wait a minute, I'm." <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know about that though. DX kind of made him look like a fool that whole feud. I mean, right? He didn't really was... have any moments in that feud. No, but it was different. Like, it wasn't the same kind of humiliation. You know? Yeah. Like, it was right. like. Like Patterson and Briscoe are fighting in dresses within a year and a half. Right? Yeah. Right. I mean, as Slaughter as the 
guy in the group made sense because he is commissioner. Like, so he's got like yeah. an authoritative role. So, like, I do think that at least made sense in there. Oh, 100%. I do like, too, that, like, even though Austin's, like, his size, he's much smaller than a taker and Kane. But the way he works and wrestles puts him on par with them. Yeah. Which is yeah, really yeah. he doesn't feel like he's, like, an underdog. No, he's, I mean, he's probably, could probably beat either of them alone, right? Which he's shown in the past. I like these windbreakers on the security guys in this building. You see them over there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't often see windbreakers on security. No. No, it's usually a suit jacket. And again, this is during that random, we kind of talked about this previously, but this random little run of Canadian shows they had. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know if they had booked them out when they, because the, the breath stuff was so hot in 97 that they got these on the calendar, but they have this weird stretch where they're what, in Hamilton here. And then uh, yeah. Vancouver Cops, in December. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the December, no, are they? Yeah, that's right. They are. They yeah. go to Vancouver twice before they go to Montreal twice, because they're there for international incident, right? You think it's just easier for them to like go to Seattle after or whatever? Maybe. I mean, it, it, Seattle is like if you drive from Vancouver to Seattle, it's about two and a half hours. Yeah. So yeah, that's not too bad. Like, there's no like it, major city near Montreal. There's, there's American stuff, but not like they're not going to go run Montpelier or whatever. <laughs> like, no, like so. Plattsburgh, New York. Yeah, uh, the Finger Lakes. <laughs> oh, they could, they could run Albany. Albany's like three and a half kind of thing. Yeah. So, Buffalo. Well, I mean, what they always used to do is do like Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, or the opposite. Right. But yeah, you could tell they probably had maybe set a lot of this up. Um, when Bret Hart was still in the when company. Was still there. <laughs> I would assume they booked out that far. That's going to be a homecoming for Brett and Hamilton. <laughs> home of the Tiger Cats. They'll love them. No. It is a kind of a slow match. I mean, yeah. you know, this whole card is weird. Like you ran it down. It almost felt like a heat check card. Um, like we're so red hot. We could put anything out and everyone's right. going to love it. Like that's what it felt like to me when you look at that card. Like it's so many random matches with no real build to it. Um, that it feels yeah. a little bit like. They were like, all right, you know. So I'm watching through WCW right now, and I'm almost finished 1995. And it feels like a 1995 WCW card. Right. In Just that. Random. Well, like, look, like the main event is like, you know, until Savage starts wrestling, like there's two main events and then everything else is just like Alex Wright against somebody. Right. And, yeah. You know, like. Kensuke Sasaki defends his U.S. title. It's not even announced against two. <laughs> but at least that was more like an old school formula where they did have, I mean, there's WrestleManias with random matches, right? Sure. But this felt like weird pair, pairings that don't even make sense. Like, you think yeah. of that, it's usually a face and a heel. It's an up-and-coming face, established heel, a yeah. new heel, squashing an old face. Like, you know, this is like, you know, what was it? Like, draws versus Ed? Like, whatever the hell it was. Like, it's all very Edge versus Owen. Like, none of it really made sense. It's a bunch of heels versus heels. And I just think, you know, we kind of talked about it. It's like, the roster itself just feels very heel slanted during this time period. Like, if, if even like the it... mid-card is very heel. And I think I think it's a product of them doing the shades of gray, right. meaning everyone's just an asshole. <laughs> like, like and I think that's, that's how yeah. it's kind of presented. It's like, these guys, like, there's no real... Foley kind of becomes because even Austin's a douche, like everyone loves him, but like Foley kind of becomes the first lovable face character in years, I think, probably since, since like Brett. Brett, yeah, it's Brett. I mean, he's or the maybe first Sean. One. Sean, yeah, but even that's now two years removed by the time Foley yeah. gets that. So, like, we're at least two years removed from like a uh, 
a baby face that everyone can love and get behind. Other than that, like everyone's kind of a dick. You might you might like them. DX are assholes, right? Like yeah. You know, Taker was kind of a douche when he was on top in '97. I guess maybe he's close to being a pure face in '97, but yeah. But he's still got that dark edge. Right. I think too the why this stands out too is because back in the old days when they throw random message matches on WrestleMania, they focused very hard on the competition element of it all. Yeah, like you had to win matches to move up. Now that's not really a thing anymore here, no. good or bad. Well, like, there's a like, point to those matches to establish new characters. Yeah. Uh, Barbarian squashes Tito to kick off his singles run, right? Like, there's always like yeah. a rhyme or reason to, to your point. Twin Towers beat the Rockers to elevate up the card. So it's like here, it's like, all right, what's Owen versus Edge accomplishing? Like, they're both kind of same level. No one's elevating off of that. Like, read that card again for it. Do you have it still? Yeah, yeah I got it up here. I, it, what it feels like to me as we keep talking about it is it feels like a UK pay per view card. Right. Yeah. This kind of throw it out there. Owen versus Edge. Heel, heel. Yeah. Al Snow and Scorpio against too much. All right. So faces versus heels, but Snow and Scorpio. Yeah. Snow was pretty hot when he came in. That was like a month before this. And they're already kind of yeah. low mid card in the job squad. Yeah. Miro versus Draws. So that's a heel face. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. Draws. He's kind of a heel here. Henry already Is done it? like the pusher stuff and all that. I don't remember. Or was that 99? May that's 99. Yeah. I think. Um, is that when D'Lo pushed? No. Um, uh, Bradshaw, Vader, false count anywhere. I think Bradshaw's a face here. I think Vader may be a face. I don't oh, know. Maybe. No. I don't know. <coughs> no, Bradshaw's a heel because he turned on when Funk said he was retiring. Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. D'Lo versus Gangrel. So a man against a vampire. Heel, heel, though. I don't think yeah. D'Lo. I mean, he's still in the nation. Yeah. Uh, the Rock against Ken Shamrock and Mankind. That's like all faces. Right. So it's just the card structure is just weird on this one. Wait, is Shamrock the Intercontinental Champion yet? No, the tournament's in October. Because okay. Triple H, I think he still had the belt, but he hadn't vacated yet. He's hurt. Right. Uh, Val Venus. Well, like, where's DX on this card? Well, it's coming. Oh, okay. Val Venus against Dustin Reynolds. I mean, Val's yes. like a face, but he's kind of an asshole. Well, and that's but... when Dustin was doing the religious stuff. Yeah, the preacher, yeah. And then DX, so Gun, Road Dog, and X Pac against Jeff Jarrett and Southern Justice. Yeah, so it's just again, nothing. Just getting guys on the card. Yeah, so like, where are the real faces? I mean, it's Shamrock, I think. <laughs> it's like, Shamrock, DX, DX a face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're assholes. My point is, yeah, like we don't have like that sympathetic, lovable face. Like DX is like douches. They're over. Yeah. Right. But again, it's more of that gray stuff. And Austin becomes sympathetic, not out of anything he does, but because the odds are so stacked against him that. I do like how this is now degenerated to like both Undertaker and Kane trying to pin Austin. Right. And it does end up. Get aggravated. Yeah. Yeah. It does end up playing into the finish that's coming up soon. Yeah. And you know, Vince is angsty here because he, again, he doesn't care. He just wants one of them to win, he doesn't care who. So now that they're fighting each other, it lessens that chance of them taking the belt. Yeah. And it's weird that they're punching and kicking each other because, like, they can't pin each other. <laughs> right. There you go. Stooges watching on. So Vince isn't in the wheelchair, right, yet? No. No, that happens the next night. Right, yeah. Because the next night, they bring out the title, the old title, in yep. that case, and he's about to present it to Undertaker and Kane, and that's when Austin attacks with the Zamboni. Right. And then and that, Taker breaks his leg. Yeah, because he gives him the finger and he turns around. And I, that that might be my favorite all-time Raw segment. It's the up whole, there. like, 
I am not, you didn't live up to your end, so I'm not going to live up to mine. <laughs> and then they turn and he gets caught and they fucking just smash his ankle with those stairs. Yeah, I mean, that was a brilliant move to put Vince in the fucking wheelchair and oh, then make then, him run things. Then you get there. the doctor, then you get the Corvette. Like, it's it's all like... Yeah. Nice uh, Iron Mike Sharp sign in the audience. <laughs> Canada's hero. It says Canada's greatest athlete, so... This is a long match, too. What's it, like 20-something minutes? Yeah, it's too long. Yeah. it's uh, It runs 22 minutes. They almost feel like too much faith in these guys as athletes. Um, I'd say that's one problem at this point yeah. with Hit Taker. Because, I mean, SummerSlam's great. You know, I like the fully loaded match at, in July. Um, but <laughs> Foley's in there to help carry it. Uh, but Taker's clearly hurting. Like, he's definitely physically breaking down a little bit. Hasn't he had and, a broken ankle since the Hell in a Cell? Yeah, so he's like, you can tell he's like slower during this stretch. Yeah. And Kane's just, you know, he's a he's great Kane. character, but he's not he's there Kane. yet. Yeah. yeah, and Austin can only carry so much, right? So, you know, well, that it's reliant. If you look at these shows in the fall, as great as the TV is and everything, you get this, then you get Taker Kane, and I think that's like 18 minutes or something at Judgment Day. Yeah, it's one of the worst matches of all time. And then at Survivor Series, you get Taker Kane again, but it's right? short. It's short. At least. I know, but you get it again, yeah. and then you get like Austin. Does he fight Taker in there, right? Or what? Well, I forget who he fights. No, he fights Foley. Oh, that's right. Okay, because uh, Rock fights Undertaker. And then uh, you get Austin Taker again at rock bottom, and that's way too fucking long. Uh, the Buried Alive match or whatever. So it's like, yeah, you can, they just kind of put a little too much, and there's a finish. They both pin yeah, choke slam, double choke slam. Now I do find this finish is interesting, at least. Like I just think that like you shave seven minutes off this, it's a fifteen minute match. It's probably way better. Yeah, I agree. Because they've handicapped them into what they can do because they have to pair off with each other. So right. Oh, I like I the love... finish though. I know it seems like a kind of a fuck finish, but I kind of no, like good. it because um, it's what Vince wanted. He doesn't give a shit. He just wants the fucking no. belt. So Austin got pinned. We'll figure it out tomorrow. But Briscoe for now, runs up. yeah, yeah. Briscoe runs up and take grabs the belt. <clears throat> now Vince is holding it over his head like he's won it. Yeah, and we'll take her. Kane are pissed. Yeah. But I think this is the closest too. They came to like the world title being a prop, but it being a in a good way, a prop like it hot potatoes yeah. a bit they're using it, but like, who cares? Like it's the centerpiece of the promotion though. Yeah, like, Austin doesn't need to be a dominant champion during the storyline. No. In fact, he works better as the guy chasing. Right. He just always has. And I think they caught on to that eventually. I love how Vince is running out of the building because Austin is on the freaking warpath. Yep. Just destroying everyone. He's killing slaughter. Well, Paxton's throwing some good punches, though. Yeah, they're both trying. Yeah. But this is like a good catharsis ending, like him destroying the Stooges. Yeah. yeah. To give you the, at least somewhat, you know, Hogan must yeah. pose moment. Yeah. And even even JR, like, being so sided behind Austin, it all makes mm -hmm. sense because of the level of injustice that's happening. <laughs> right. Yeah, Austin, uh, Vince is long gone. I mean, the pay-per-views are just as episodic, you know, like as the yeah. Raws during this, but it worked. Like it, it was a beautiful dip into wanting to watch Raw coming off these pay-per-views all the time. Yeah. And, and I think that's why I wish they lean just a bit more into making a match like this shorter. Yeah. Oh, this is great with Vince at the end. You don't have <laughs> it anymore. 
The middle finger. Yeah. He, why does he bend? What's with his other fingers during a middle finger? I think his finger? fingers are all just fucked up. It's a claw. He has a. Cl- he doesn't have hands. He has claws. All right. Let's get to our scores here. Sure. All right. So we start with uh, match quality. Match quality. Yeah. I mean, probably at the end of the day, a two and a half, two and three quarters type deal. So I'll go five. I'm at a five. It's 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 nothing more, nothing less. Uh, significance. Um, I don't know. Like, it's tough to say because I feel like they could have gotten to the route they go in a few ways, and that takes away from this moment a little bit. Like, Austin could have cheated and Vince strips him. Uh, Kane could have won and Vince like, if, and Taker could have been mad anyway. I think it's a smart move, but I don't think it's like a significant title change at no. the end of the day. Like, I think the story could have still been just as good if you could still get to the tournament without this double pin finish. Like, you didn't need it. But I like the double pin because the double pin makes sense in the context of what was happening, right? Like, I mean, Austin shouldn't win the match against both of them. He just shouldn't, right? Like, especially not against them, right? Like, I could see him beating The Rock and Farouk, mm. right? Even though Farouk's not there now, but you get what I mean. Yeah. Uh, but Undertaker and Kane, he should lose to, and he does. Right. Yeah. So, like, it, I just it, don't think it's important this title change. Like, I, I think there's no, a lot of importance in the story. I just don't think this one is that important. I think they could. The story could be exactly the same without this match. Is what I'm trying to say. Right, but but this match, I mean, you, you, you're Vince right. Vince could have found a way to strip him. And make the title vacant and within right. the story for him. But they still but I think I think this is actually better than just stripping him. Yeah, so I I'm gonna give he, it a four. I, yeah. I just don't think it's like super important, but it's like fine. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go five. I just think it's kind of like a status quo one. Mm-hmm. Like it keeps the great story going. Um and like I don't think it was the worst choice, so that's why I'm there. All right. Um the moment itself, so it's kind of a like what's going on moment. And some of those times those confusing ones hurt the initial crowd reaction. We've seen that a few times. Yeah. Um, on stuff so far, like Slaughter Warriors, one that jumps to mind where it's a little confusing as to what's going on. Um, to me, the moment is more Vince with the finger and Austin beating up the stooges, which is great. So I guess it balances, they'll go five there. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. It just it feels like again, it's like you know, we gave Undertaker, I gave Undertaker and Sid a five. I gave the yeah. second Shawn Michaels and Sid a five. You know, like, it just feels like uh, something good that happened on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the build. So if we're going from our last title change, <laughs> which would be the night after King of the Ring, you get fully loaded. You get the highway to hell. You yep. get Vince uh, Taker turning and joining Kane and Vince. And Vince setting up this match here. So it's it's pretty intense. I'm going to go eight. You're going to go eight? I'm yeah. going to bump up to an eight, too. I, I hadn't really factored in the highway to hell, but yeah, it's. Right. I mean, that whole, all of that leads to this, like Taker getting frustrated yeah. and ending up siding with Kane at SummerSlam. Like, in the, are they in cahoots? Yes, cahootings. Yeah. Um, aftermath. Look, for me, aftermath is a 10. Yeah. Because it leads to four all time raw segments like yeah. and 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 not just segments that were good seg cuz uh, as a direct all time segments yeah. as a direct result of this you get the zamboni thing we talked about the next night where they break his leg 
You yep. get the hospital from the leg breaking with Yurple and Austin in the bedpan and everything like that. You get the cement in the fucking in the uh, in yep. the Corvette, and you get um, you get what I think Vince, is one of the Vince in the wheelchair. Yeah, the, with the barking dogs and the heel yep, promo. Boss man. Yeah, and you're also gonna yet yeah, you get boss man, and you're going to the tournament from here. I know yeah, you it's get deadly awesome. games out of this. No, you do because yeah. we're not we're not covering Judgment Day because the title doesn't change. That's it. Um, so this it's really this marches you into the Judgment Day. I mean the uh, Deadly Games tournament. Yeah, which is an all time pay per view. So yeah, yeah I mean I, I, it's hard not to go ten. I'm with you on ten. And when I say all time, I know I'm not convincing you here, but like when I say an all, they have all time raw segments. Like it's yeah, they're really among the very best. It's right. not like. You could say like, um, it's a good example. You could say um, Roman Reigns uh, against Brock Lesnar with the Seth Rollins cash in mm-hmm. is one of the, uh, I don't think you can say that's one of the greatest title matches of all time. You know what I mean? Right. Like it, it, it's it's one of the greatest WrestleMania main events of all time. I think it's just below the pantheon of greatest title matches of all time. And that 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 category is small. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel all these segments. They're all in that small category. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone would debate that. I mean, any raw best of list and all that shit always has a bunch of those on there. And then again, marching right into deadly games. It also leads to Shamrock's heel turn. Um, it, it leads to mankind as well, like being Vince's stooge as well. You know, like that all comes from this too with the daddy and all that stuff. Or yeah. dad. Um, so fucking weird. So, all right. So that gives us a total score of 65, which I would say outperforms what I expected it to be. I thought this was going to be one of those throwaway ones kind of toward maybe the middle to bottom. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe kind of like a take or sit at 13, you know, like kind of like in that range. Right. Um, but no, as is, it's 11th on our list. Yeah. Just two behind the ultimate challenge. Yeah. Two points, not two slots. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, one slot ahead of Brett winning at WrestleMania 10. Yeah. Which, I mean, you wouldn't think, right? Uh, but yeah, no, I think that aftermath is just so strong. And it, yeah. you know, it's just a testament to how incredible the writing was during this period. Agreed. That they can give us, like, when you think about it, like, because we talk about, like, the title kind of bouncing around and being a prop. But, like, when you think about, we had a title change, the Raw after King of the Ring. And now we have a title change in September. That's what, like three months, mm-hmm. right? But in that three months, it still felt like there was something incredibly important happening every single week. You could argue Fully Loaded is the most throwaway main event of all time that felt like the biggest deal. Because mm. that, I mean, it's really just trying to buy time to SummerSlam. But it feels like a massively important <laughs> taker at Austin teaming, Kane and Mankind teaming. Like it feels like, whoa like, this is a big deal and they do those hell in a cells on raw and all that shit yeah i mean i've said it a million times like i'm really antsy to get to like 98 raw i just haven't watched it all again in a long time so i'm, I'm right. excited um so i'm hoping chad and i you know 97 i'm excited too i think we're hitting a really fun stretch now finally on on wrestling Warzone. so um all right you want to quickly read the top 10 sure yeah so austin undertaker finishes 11th uh in 10th with uh 67 points is Hulk Hogan versus the Ultimate Warrior. Tied with that is Randy Savage versus Ted DiBiase from WrestleMania 4. Yeah, and we uh, tie break is important. That's right. Uh, number eight, Hogan, Randy Savage, WrestleMania 5, 69 points. 
In seventh is Randy Savage, Ric Flair from WrestleMania 8 with 72. 75 points. Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant from the main event in 1988. Yep. There we go. Pull it up on the screen. Uh, number four, Hulk Hogan versus the Iron Sheik from January 23rd, 84, Madison Square Garden. That's a 76 points. With 78 points, the Royal Rumble match in which Ric Flair lasts an hour and wins the WWF Championship. Yep. Uh, number three. So actually, this graphic I'm pulling back down. It's a lot of date. Uh, number three is Bret Hart versus The Undertaker from SummerSlam 1997 with 90. Yeah. Number two uh, from WrestleMania 14 with a uh, a total of 93 points. Uh, Shawn Michaels losing the title to Stone Cold Steve Austin. And our number one match is still from Montreal, Survivor Series 97. Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels with 94 points. So. Those top three are just a clear cut above all the rest. I mean, if you go from 78 to 90 um, in our top three. So it, I, we'll see. I think it's going to be hard to crack those top three. Um, but you never know. And that's the biggest jump anywhere on our list, like between two things. Because if you look at everything else, you know, it goes from like 16 to 23, you know, 41 to 43. It's all yeah. close. And then you jump from 78 to 90. And then those three are completely like, ridiculously close. Like our top three are four points apart. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but we'll see. Uh, we got some big ones to come, but they're definitely more sparse. Like this is uh, the hottest period that we're hitting. Yeah. I think a potential candidate. So, uh, hopefully you enjoyed this. Uh, provide any feedback. Subscribe. Like we said, uh, everything's over at NorthSouthConnection.com. But you can either get the audio on our podcast feed or some video content. We do have video exclusives as well. Um, you know, a lot of it, Ryan Gray does some really good stuff on clothes, lines, and headlines, all current day, kind of in and out throughout the week. Uh, we do some fun lists and games as well uh, from time to time. So look forward to continue to deliver the content. We appreciate, again, all the feedback, likes, and shares, and subscriptions. Until next time, the Juki's Drop. Talk to you. Bye. Bye. What you won't do, do for love. You've tried everything, but you won't give up. I would not do Make me do for love What I would not do Make me do for love What I would not do Make me do for love